The Mark Aram Show is performed before a live studio audience. No, I want this town to be near you. No, gray skies ever turn blue. Welcome to the show and a good Tuesday Eve to you. Mark Aram here, you there. It's 7.08, 8 after 7 o'clock. This is the Mark Aram Show, heard Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 p.m. on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Gang's all here on a Tuesday. Deb Green produces the show Longoria, stoic as ever. The Eskimo on the other side of the takeout window. Low T Chuck screens your calls. Special in-studio guest, uh, newer listeners of the Mark Aram show might not who this is, might not know who this is, and they might wonder, why is he with you right now? And that's a good question. It's a fair question. But uh, former Mark Aram show producer Buford has uh, rejoined us for the uh, night from Kentucky. Buf, how you doing, big boy? Doing good. Good to have you in uh, studio. Good to see you this weekend. It's good to be back, man. It was a good weekend. Kentucky looks like Kentucky's treating you well. Yeah. Yeah, it's been going really well up there. You got a glow. Thank you. Like a pregnancy glow almost. Well, that's from seeing Chuck <laughs> over the weekend. Oh, okay. So, yeah, His yeah. little baby ran off, yeah, yeah. Or rubbed off on you. Um, well, good to see you. Uh, so we were off last night because of the uh, Jewish holiday, uh, Rosh Hashanah. You were off last night. I was off last night. Um, so thanks to uh, Alan Sanders. Johnny Kibas, a big fan of Alan Sanders. He filled in last night on the Mark Aram Show. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for uh, Alan. Um, so I didn't know what you guys did this weekend. Deb Green, uh, how was your weekend? Any uh, big highlights? Uh, a couple concerts, a couple parties. Give me the Typical, best concert and the, the best party. The best. There was no good party. They were all obligatory parties. Okay. They were all terrible. Best yeah, I had one of those on Sunday. It was like a birthday baby party. shower and a <laughs> was birthday it that draft? party. Oh, was it that draft yeah. that we were at? The draft yeah. on Sunday. What was the best concert? Uh, I went to one on Sunday. That was fun. You know. That's the name of the band, One? One Music Fest. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you just say we one. Li- I just assume that you know. We live in such I, that's different That's the one world. thing I, know. I actually blew that off for for uh, some uh, dude's I, birthday. Whatever. Really? Oh. I, I can missed, only go I Sunday. I, I missed Saturday because I had yeah. to go to some awful baby shower. I missed but, yeah. Nas. Anyway, all right. It was a good, good time. Good. Uh, Longoria, how was your weekend, buddy? Uh, yeah, I went to an awesome party on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Um, other than that, nothing. Nothing. Chucky? Chucky <laughs> celebrated his 40th over the weekend. I did. With a delicious cookie cake and beer. It was great. It was fun seeing everybody there. Beeford, Beeford made the surprise appearance. Yes, he was a very much surprised. I, I didn't know. Did you Did you know Longoria? I knew last week. I told him. He came in my what the hell? Week. I can't tell you. You'll tell everybody. He told me yeah, to keep he... it a secret, so I did. I'm your boss, Longoria. Well, you didn't really, ask. But... I didn't say. <laughs> All right. I'm going to ask. <laughs> yeah, I'm going ask. through a list. Are these people, is Clark Howard going to Chuck's thing? No. no. Is uh, Chris Chandler going to Chuck's thing? No. No. All right. All right. Anyway, uh, Chuck, happy birthday. Thank you. That was fun times. Good yeah, stuff. Time. Um, way to schedule your party uh, on NFL kickoff weekend, though. I didn't do that. You, you listen. If you got problems with it, talk to my wife. No, there was TVs. So I was happy you can go about ahead that. And take that up. I That's what her. I was hoping. I was like, oh god, I hope there's TVs there. I yeah, got absolutely. Was. Well, that was uh, why she did that because yeah. that place. They I got absolutely pummeled games. in fantasy football, so I'm actually glad we didn't uh, do that. Um, so we got an interesting show tonight. It's 9/11. I definitely want to talk about 9/11. Um, I've got some audio from WSB Radio on September 11, 2001. I'll play that in a little bit. Um, but I wanted to today. Uh, so yesterday I was off, and today I had jury duty. 
And I get called for jury duty. I've been called a dozen times. I've never been called once. And it's always, um, well, I mean, that's probably a good thing for everybody, I would like, imagine. Definitely. Like, I don't want to look up and see you in the jury box, <laughs> and you don't want to be there. It's a minor there. traffic violation. But every time I get called for it, there's, you know, you're supposed to call the night before to see if they need you. And every time, they don't need me. But today, they needed me. And I was like, ugh. So, not that, ugh, I didn't want to do it, but I didn't. I wasn't planning on having to go. So, I hadn't scheduled anyone to fill in this morning on TV. So I came in and did uh, TV and radio from 4.30 a.m. to 7 a.m. And then Ashley took over for me. Jill Nelson was nice enough to come in and lend a hand. And then I Ubered down to the uh, Fulton County Courthouse. Um, and, and I was there. I was an alternate in pool three, whatever that means. And I don't know, have you ever been called the jury? I have a couple of times, but I was either out of the city because I was going to school, so or, I didn't Well, you're illegal, and that you, uh, they yeah, excuse that's you there. My main that was reason. one of the things they can excuse you. If you've been convicted of a felony or you're are an illegal, illegal yeah. you could have walked right out of there. Yeah. No offense. Um, Deb, you've <laughs> been day. in the city. Have you been serving in a jury in Atlanta? I've got the call like you did, yeah. but I always have the, uh, I get out of it, or I've gone, and they're like, you're in media, go away. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I get there, and I... I think it's a great thing. Like I'm, I'm willing to perform my civic duty. I, I would happily serve on a jury, but I want either like let me know right away, one way or another. You know, am I excused or am I serving? If I'm serving, let's go. Let's get this thing to. And it's a process, man. I was there, and they have uh, like HGTV on in the uh, jury room because <laughs> really? they, they don't want anything newsy, you <laughs> oh, know. Yeah. So it's like watching H- a lot of Fixer Upper. So I actually got a, a new favorite show called Flea Market Flipper. Love it. <laughs> Stop it. I saw, I saw nine episodes of Flea Market Flipper. That's a real show? Yeah. So basically, uh, there's there's two teams. It's like uh, two dudes and or two girls. Whatever. Two teams. You yeah. understand the concepts of teams. Yeah. And there's two of They go to this big flea market in New Milford, Connecticut, and they get three tasks. So like one of the tasks is like, uh, repurpose uh, uh, an old item, like something that, um, like there was a telephone table that they had to repurpose for something new. Like it was a like purposely a telephone, a table made for a telephone. And so the couple repurposed it by making it a charging station. Okay. So like you could charge your, you know, cellular phones on this. Right, thing. right. And, and then, then it's like it reupholster something and it, whatever. Those are... So I watched nine episodes of the show. They do this. They have $500 to spend. And then they, they take the stuff back to the workshop and fix it up. And then they go to this uh, bazaar, bazaar, where they sell stuff in New York City. And whoever makes the most profit off the three items wins $5,000. Okay. So it's, there's like a lot to it. There's haggling. They go in and they haggle with the, to buy the stuff. And then they haggle to sell the stuff. And uh, Lara Spencer from Good Morning America, she's the host. Oh, okay. So it's a fantastic show. It's a fantastic show. <laughs> so know, if you're sitting waiting for jury duty, yeah, maybe, maybe. But not yeah. if I've got eight hundred. I got so to so from. the first three episodes they had the audio on, and then someone must have complained because then they turned they turned the audio off oh, and it was just no. the closed captioning. But I still watched it. That's how enthralled I was with uh, flea market flippers. <laughs> I'd never heard <laughs> this show before in my life, ever. Um, you probably single-handedly doubled their rating. Yeah, it was, but I don't know if this is like a loop. Like, they just have one DVD of like, all right, throw on the, the Flippers DVD. I don't even know if this is live TV or not. It was just... There's like several seasons of it, so it's probably one of those marathon days yeah, where they show it over I, I, a fantastic show. I, w- I want to do it. <laughs> DVR. I want, I, want to, I want to be on that show. Uh, so anyway, we get... Like, there's the 
jury room is full. There's 300 people there at the beginning. And then they say, all right, they, they call 50 jurors out to go to the case, go up to courtroom 4D, as in D-bag. You know, Do you know what they, you're there for? Like, no, what? Okay, no so idea. you have no idea but what I, case is. It was weird, though. They asked on the jury sur- uh, survey, survey you have to do online. Yeah. They're like, have you, have you ever used any of these insurance companies? Oh. Yeah. And I was like, wow, okay. And then, uh, so I'm thinking it's like a, a traffic thing. Really. And so I put traffic reporter as my, my uh, occupation. Insurance fraud or something. Yeah, I don't know. So anyways, so they do that. They asked everyone that hadn't filled in the online form, uh, do you have this company as your, as your agency, whatever. So they call 50 people out. And then they call 36 people out for another trial. And they're like, all right, we're going to start releasing people. And I'm like, all right. So I get there at 8. Really, things don't start cooking until 9.20. I'm actually, I get there at like 7.30. I had a turkey sandwich on the courthouse steps that I bought from the commissary upstairs. For breakfast? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's my dinner, actually. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I so 9.20, they finally get things rolling. And then by 10.20, they start releasing people. I'm like, all right, I'm an alternate. I'm, not, I'm done. They release 75 people. My name's not on there. Wait another 45 minutes. All right, we're calling for another jury. Uh, room 7E is in Edward. They call 45 names. Okay, all right, we're going to release some more people. I'm like, all right, I'm done. And I was sitting next to a coworker from the station who works in promotions. So we're sitting there like, let's, you know, let's go. And I didn't bring a book or anything. Rookie mistake. I didn't bring an iPad. My phone was on low battery. I'm like, I, I had to watch the Flipper show, to be honest with you. <laughs> To keep my sanity. Whatever you got to tell yourself. It's got to justify yeah. it somehow. <laughs> so then they do another trial. And this thing is thinning, stinging out. There's th- from 350 people down to like 90 people at this time. And they're like, all right, we have, we're, we're, uh, we have two more announcements. I'm going to release some more people. Then we're going to wait to see if the judge needs any more jurors for the third courtroom or whatever. So I'm like, I'm definitely done. He calls the rest of the names. And all right, you guys are free to go home. There's like 22 of us left now. I'm like, what kind of <laughs> crap lottery am I in? Like again, I wanted to serve. Just get me up, you know, up yeah. front. Like, give me, give me a six week trial. I think it'd be fantastic. Get to sleep in. Don't have to, you know, it'd be awesome. I would love it. So anyway, but at that point, I'm like, let me go home now. It's noon. I want to go home. So finally, they came back and they're like, all right, the judge, uh, the judge doesn't need more to juries right at lunchtime. He's like, you're free to go. Blah blah blah. So I got it there. So I didn't even get to serve. Uh, you sat around for five hours waiting. Four hours. Four hours. Well, four and a half hours if you count the turkey sandwich. I do. But it was, it was, it was a good experience, especially on nine eleven. I was like, this is such an American. That's the dude I was sitting next to in the in the uh, jury room. We just walked by. Can't remember his name. Um, <laughs> I, he's part time next to him for four and a half hours, and you don't know. Yeah, but promotion. here's the thing. I'm like, oh, good. They'll call his name. He'll get up, and I'll know what his name is. <laughs> you just call him a dude the and whole they time. Never did. No, and I got called before him. I was like, because <laughs> to release, they called the names yeah. again. I'm yeah. like, all right, brother. Later, man. <laughs> Later, out. dude. Later, brother, man. See you, see you, buddy. Anyway, um, where was I? You're just oh, so the that. the whole experience was like being in the courthouse and. Just seeing the legal process, it, it was really cool. And I, I wanted to, I really did want to serve on a jury. Like, I want to have that experience. I think I'd be a fair jurist. Oh, yeah, I think you would. Yeah, yes. I guess so. I guess so. What? Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I've never seen you juror before. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know how, I don't know how fair you I, are. I've never, I, I juror every think, night with Star of the Show. I don't think they'd let you just because of what you do. 
That's what you said. Yeah. You yeah. dubbed it Deb this morning's like, wear a, wear a Megadeth shirt and they'll let you out of there. <laughs> it has worked in the past. Yeah. Well, no, because every time they see that you work in like news media, yeah. you're not supposed to be aware of certain things. But so. I didn't, I didn't want to get out of it. You and Jill Nelson are like, this is how you get out of it. And I'm like, I don't want to. Well, they would it. find out that where you work. <laughs> sure, but that, I'm not going to like force it on them and be like, hey, I'm a, I'm a jack wagon on TV and radio. You better get me. No, like if you want to dismiss because of that. I'm not going to ask to be dismissed. I'm a good citizen, Deb. Unlike you and Jill Nelson, who are like, I, I just wear, wore the t-shirt. Wear offensive clothing. Go boot you out right away. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that that was my jury experience today. It was. Uh, I got a new show out of it. Yeah. Well, you got a segment so far. Yeah, flea market flippers. <laughs> watching on uh, Xfinity on demand. All right, we'll come back. I want to do uh, some 9/11 remembrances. I got some audio from uh, 17 years ago today on WSB Radio. Hang tight. We'll be right back. This is the Mark Aram Show. Welcome back to the show, 725, 81 degrees on Peachtree Street. 17 years ago tonight, I was on these very airwaves uh, reacting to what uh, had happened earlier that morning, the attack on America, a day that certainly if you were alive, you will never, ever forget. It's crazy, though. I guess you'd have to be 25 to really understand what was going on that day. Like, if, if you're younger than 25 right now, you probably really couldn't comprehend what was going on back then. And if you were, you know, 16, you were born after that. It's amazing. It seems like yesterday to me. It really does. Um, Chris Chandler got me some uh, audio from uh, WSB, uh, Atlanta's Morning News that morning. It was actually Bortz had started at 8.30, so we were into Bortz, and then Slate took over for Bortz and, and covered it. Here's some of the audio you heard 17 years ago today, September 11, 2001. This is uh, Scott Slade covering the breaking news on WSB Radio. Scott, I'm in the Capitol building here, and in my broadcast position here in the House of Representatives, I have a window that looks right out on the city, and there is clearly large black clouds of smoke coming right over from the Pentagon. Now, I know I just heard somebody say on the air from CNN that there was a fire on the mall, but I am looking down here. I have a view of the White House, and I do not see anything toward there. The reports on the wire are that a plane crashed into the Pentagon. I, I cannot confirm that. I, I am seeing from the local TV stations here in Washington large plumes of smoke from just across the Potomac River. Uh, some have indicated maybe the crash was uh, not into the building. I just don't know at this point in time what exactly happened there. Uh, looking over the city, though, there is nothing else. I have not seen many planes flying into National Airport in the last 20 minutes or so. I don't know if this was related anything else that's been going on with the attacks in New York. But There's Jamie Dupree with uh, Scott Slade 17 years ago today. Obviously, Jamie, God, miss his voice. So great hearing Jamie's voice there. Uh, covering the breaking news 17 years ago today. I've got more audio from that morning, from that day on Atlanta's Morning News. When we come back, um, I'll discuss what it was like here behind the scenes on September 11, 2001. I'll ask the guys what and gal what they were doing on that faithful morning. And uh, I'd like to know what you were doing when you found out we were under attack. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, on Twitter and Instagram, at Mark Aram. This is The Mark Aram Show. Hey, folks, this is Mark Marin from WTF. You're listening to The Mark Aram Show. Enjoy. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
It's so good to be born in America. Well, men are free. It's so good to be born in America. All the home of the red, the white, and the blue. Welcome back to the show. 737 23 in front of 8 o'clock. Mark Aram and pals at your beck and call till 9 in the PM. Me, Deb Green, Longo, Loti, and Buford's in studio. Former uh, producer of the Mark Aram Show, who set the bar so high <laughs> that Deb Green really walked into an impossible situation producing the Mark Aram Show. Deb, I don't know how you've done it. I don't know how you've lasted. I think I know why you left. Getting out, yeah. <laughs> getting out I, uh, of the Buford shadow. I tune in occasionally on the podcast, and uh, I still love getting just bad. It's been yeah. nine months, and I still get twenty shots years from fired. now. We'll still be we'll still be blasting yeah. you on here. But it's good to have you back on. Thank se- you. On September eleventh. I want to take your calls about where you were on September 11th. I'm going to tell you my story, but it, mine's a long story. So I'll just ask you, Buford, September 11, 2001, where where was Buford when this uh, breaking uh, news happened? It was my junior year of high school. I was homesick that day, and I remember waking up and watching it on the news and just thinking, this can't be real. Like, you're, it's, it was... It was like, is this some kind of cruel joke? Like, did you, were you at school or did you? No, skip I was at home. I was at home. You I just skipped school. Yeah, no, right. I was homesick. <laughs> okay, like legitimately. Yeah, and uh, just I just a disbelief, just watching it, and you know, then the phone's calling, and my mom's calling, and dad's calling, and you know, yeah. just total panic, and it was it was different. I'm going to ask you a serious question. Yep, and I'm I'm not kidding at all. Junior in high school, post 9/11. Obviously, you know, life changed forever. Mm-hmm. The most uh, united this country's ever been in my lifetime. The most patriotic we've ever been. Did you give any thoughts to joining military service? I did. Yeah. Uh, I have a lot of family in the military. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, uh, I was in a rebellious stage at that point. Yeah. So I think that probably swayed me away from okay. it. Okay. They didn't turn you down or anything. No, All no. Right. But it was definitely a thought. All right. Uh, New Buford, Deborah Green, uh, September. Please don't let that be my nickname. September 11, 2001. Where were you when uh, when this all went down? I just started working in radio and I was answering phones for a morning show. So we had the TVs on. Yeah, we had the TVs on. Tell me the morning show. It's fine. It's okay. Uh, It doesn't matter. Okay. All right. (laughs) But, you know, TVs are always on in the studio. Well, the reason I ask that is um, so this happened, this started breaking around 8 30 a.m., basically, when it all happened. Yeah. Um, Did the the morning show. well, how did you guys handle it as a as a as like a, a rock morning show? I'm assuming. Yeah. So you know you have the TV on and it's just like, well, what's breaking news? And yeah. you kind of wait to see what it is, mm-hmm. and then we just went into like full news coverage at that point, and we got some tried to get some guests on to kind of explain a little bit more. But I mean, so we you pretty, stayed. We the morning show stayed. Yeah, on. we stayed on for a couple okay. extra hours, but we stopped doing kooky morning radio, yeah, yeah, stopped yeah. playing music and everything like that, and just started talking about what was happening. Good for you. That's good. Longoria, were you in the U.S. by then? I was. I was right. in Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas, the morning of September 11th. So in Atlanta, it was 8.30, so I guess it's an, you're an hour behind? Correct. Yeah, so 7.30 in the morning. Uh, you're not, are you up yet? What? Uh, no, actually, because I had worked an overnight. I used to work overnight at yeah. the radio station. So I worked 11 p.m. to 6 a.m., okay. and I go home and ate breakfast and went to bed and kind of remember turning over. I had my TV on. I looked at the TV, and I was yeah. like, oh, that kind of sucks. And yeah. then I went back to bed. And then at noon when I woke up, you saw how big it really that, was. And I realized what was going on. Were you, you weren't married at the time. Were you, oh, were no. you dating Leslie at the time? 
I don't think so. Oh, that was a bad question to ask. Yeah, me. I don't. I'm no, sorry. no, no. I don't. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. But it was close to yeah. that. I mean, it was around that time. So what what kind of radio know. station were you working at? Uh, country station. So did they do anything special? Did they call you in and say? Uh, no, they, I mean at that time you? I was low man on the totem pole. Yeah. I was working the overnights, you know, and so no, they didn't call me. They in. They didn't change your job at all. That no, that no, no, no. They went. I mean, they broke in and did stuff all day, but yeah. I just pretty much hung out at the house. Low T, what, what was your situation on September 11, 2001? I was a senior in college. Um, it was two hours behind East Coast. So it was mm-hmm. like 6.30 in the morning. Okay. And I always used to wake up to uh, ESPN radio, mm-hmm. and it wasn't playing the normal morning sure. show, yeah. whatever it was, Kornheiser or something like uh-huh. that. I was getting really irritated, and yeah. I thought I had it on the wrong station. And I kept turning the dial, and literally everything was on like an ABC or a CBS feed. Yeah, and I couldn't figure out what was going on. So I finally got up about seven o'clock, walked in, turned the TV on, and I mean it was all over. And I remember just standing there in my underwear in the middle of the living room, like just just slack jawed. I, I don't honestly know how because I was the only one home. So sure. my roommate was already gone. Just slack jawed, just staring at the television. Yeah. I, I bet I stood there for a half hour before I even moved. So, it's uh, I mean, I can't believe it's been seventeen years. Yeah. So, so I'll, I'll try to condense my story. I get long winded when I talk about this because one of the most impactful days of my life, for sure, as I, I'm sure it is for all of you. Uh, so I was here that morning. Um, I remember the top local story on Atlanta's morning news that morning. No joke, was uh, Michael Jordan thinking about coming out of retirement. That was that. That's how slow a news day it was. I remember the newsroom, Bob Cox and Marcy, like, ah, there is no news today. Like, just it was just one of those slow news days. And uh, and then we get first word. I'm in the old traffic center, which is now Jesse's office right here to the left. And I wasn't full time on TV yet. I was still uh, the producer and on air and fill in for TV. And we get word that a, a plane hits the World Trade Center. And we all assumed it was a, a small plane, a, a prop plane or whatever, because it, it, it didn't look that severe when the first, once the first plane hit. And I remember Scott mentioning it on the air, and we're watching it. We're watching the feed, and we're seeing the smoke come out, but it didn't seem like a big deal. And then, of course, the second plane, I mean, we watched the second plane go in live, and that's when we knew all bets were off. And I've been at WSB Radio 21 years. The only time I've abandoned my post in the traffic center was that morning. I was like, all right, I'm done doing traffic for the day. Like, sorry, Atlanta commuters, you're on your own. And I raced into the newsroom, and I was like, tell me what to do. And uh, we went into, I think, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure Bortz was on at that time because he used to come on at 8.30, and he handled it for a little bit, and then Slade jumped in. We went to breaking news mode. And I didn't know what to do at the time. So I was, you know, it's 2001. I was 20 six years old, probably the most internet savvy uh, person in the newsroom. So I'm like, I'm working the web. You know, I'll, I'll scour the news sources from all over the world, websites, whatever, to try to find information like how are they reacting in Europe? What it, and I would come in periodically with Scott and give an update and he'd be like, all right, this is, um, this is what the London Times is reporting. This is what um, the Jerusalem Post is reporting. That was my thing that morning. I was just looking for anything on the internet to try to give Scott to get in more information. And I remember thinking, cause I had, I had moved down from New York in 1996 and I still had family and friends and everything. And I was begging to go up there. I'm like, let me drive now. I'm like, cause I knew they were not going to 
continue to take flights. I'm like, I'll start driving now. I'll be there in 14 hours. I'll do reports, blah, blah, blah. And then Chris Camp and, and Pete Spriggs were like, oh, hang on. We don't know what's going on yet. And, you know, who am I to say? I'm, I'm going up there to be the reporter, you know. <laughs> and they finally decided, all right, we're going to send Richard Sangster. And then all the flights are grounded. Like, so they can't send Richard Sangster. And I'm like, and then I'm like, I'll drive up with Sangster. You know, he was he was from New York as well. And I'm like, we'll cover it. I'll be his his side piece, whatever, his side person. I'll <laughs> I'll get audio for him. And they're like, no, 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 we're gonna wait. What? So finally, they get uh, Sangster on a red claw, uh, cross flight. Like those were the only flights that were going up. They were sending up supplies and blood and doctors or whatever from Atlanta. And Sangster hopped on a red cross flight to New York, and he stayed up there for, I'm pretty sure, a couple weeks. I, I think he stayed with Mike Cavanaugh's mom or something. Something weird. Like, there was, he stayed at someone's, a relative's house that worked at the station. Uh, but I remember staying here all day during, covering 9-11 um, that, that morning, that afternoon. And then Pete was like, listen, I'm going to need you on the air tonight. So go home and get some sleep. Come back, you know, because there were no commercials. There was... It was just wall to wall coverage. So I came back, and I have no, I, I have no recollection of what time I came back. But it was Matt Reese and myself. Matt Reese was a, uh, he was Griffey's before Griffey's, who, by the way, is not sick. In case you're wondering where she is. Yeah, I was wondering where she's she on. Va- I think she's at Dollywood. She's oh, on vacation okay. this week. But she just, just if you were wondering why Edgar is filling in for Griffey, she's fine. Um, so Matt Reese and I stayed on all night till Atlanta's Morning News started the next morning at 5 a.m. And then I just walked over the traffic center. It was an insane thing. And I remember um, going home that night finally. And the I don't know if you guys remember this, if this happened in Missouri or in in, uh, in Texas, there were gas stations that started gouging the prices. Like the sign went up $20 a gallon. And people were freaking out. And I was like, what is going on here? And we didn't know. If this had ended, because you had you had the twin towers, then we get word of the Pentagon, then the plane goes down in Pennsylvania, and we were just like, "What's the next thing to happen?" We were positive there was another wave coming, and and thank the Lord there wasn't another wave coming. But that was one of the the most uh, incredible, yet um, just a, a horrible day. But I'll tell you what, September twelfth, two thousand and one was is maybe my favorite day of 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 my life because that, I mean, we were, there was no divide politically, racially. Um, we were, we were one man. We were one. And I, I would love to get back to that point. All right. Chris Chandler sent me some more audio Longoria. This is the, this is, I believe is when uh, the news breaks on Atlanta's morning news with Scott Slade that morning at Good morning. This is Chris Camp live in the WSB uh, News Center. We have breaking news from New York at this hour where apparently a plane has crashed into the World Trade Center. If you can believe it, uh, a plane, yes, has crashed into the World Trade Center, one of the twin towers in New York City. We're going to go live to CNN uh, for uh, the very latest on uh, this uh, still developing an incredible story. So that was the first that was the first plane. And it was a big deal. I mean, shoot, a plane going into the but it didn't seem that big. Um, it got bigger, as we all know. It's just a brutally tough time for Howard. us as a country. But nothing compared to the individual stories of one person at a time whose life has been tragically cut short, whose families have been affected by this in ways that I cannot even begin to imagine. 
More WSB radio audio from uh, 17 years ago today. No cowardly terrorist act will tell me that I cannot get on an airplane and fly. I will not have fear being in an airport. I will not have fear being on an airplane. I remember Clark Howard the year a year later. So it's September 11, 2002, we were worried about copycats going on. And Clark Howard's like, I'm flying. He goes, screw it. I'm going to show you we're not afraid. There was legitimate fear a year later to fly again. And Clark Howard, uh, to his credit, was like, no, I'm going out. No other reason uh, people are Mike simply Kavanaugh not here. in the mood for working, and they are concerned and worried about uh, both their welfare and the welfare of relatives uh, around the country. Let's update our closing list right now. I'm joined live in the news center by WSB's Lisa Campbell and WSB's Veronica Waters. That's right, Mike. And I asked uh, several of the callers and business owners why they were closing today. The word is... We just can't get any work done. Wow. Most of the employees are watching this. On I don't remember that. I don't remember businesses closing that day. No, well, I was here, so I wouldn't. But I have no recollection of that. There's, there's uh, Mike Cavanaugh, rest in peace. Lisa Campbell, who was uh, the longtime anchor of Atlanta's Evening News with Mike. Um, I'll play some more of this. I do want to get your calls, too. Sorry if I was long-winded there, but uh, just a day that uh, I will never, ever forget, as I'm sure you won't either. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Where were you on September 11, 2001? How has it impacted you? On Twitter and Instagram, at Mark Aram. More of your calls or your calls. We haven't taken any yet. Next, on The Mark Aram Show. Welcome back to the show. 755, 80 degrees on Peachtree Street. 17 years ago today, September 11, 2001. Where were you when you heard the news? 404-872-0750 is the number. Brenda in Sandy Springs. Brenda, thanks for hanging on. Welcome to the program. Hello, Mark. Hello, Brenda. Thank you. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Okay. Um, okay, on, on uh, 9-11, I was in the hospital mm-hmm. up in Keniston, and I was watching the... Today, show from my bed, they cut to an image of the World Trade Center, and it was smoldering, you know, the smoke pouring out of it. And they were there was confusion about whether it had been a small plane and what a terrible accident. And right then, the 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 uh, we saw the second plane hit live, and that was right when the orderly came to take me downstairs for a stress test. Oh no! Yeah, we got to the waiting area, and. Uh, all the all the uh, patients were in the waiting room, crowded around a TV set, and we were taking our te- turns going in for the stress test. Come out, we were hearing about the uh, plane hitting the Pentagon and the plane uh, crashing in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and we watched the towers collapse live. Oh my goodness! So that was uh, that was really something. Did that met Did that mess up the the hospital schedule? Did everything stay on on point with you? I mean. Yeah, it didn't mess anything up with me or at all. Yeah. My husband, my uh, my brother was in Chicago in surgery that morning oh my, too. Geez, Louis, you so, listen. How's your health now? Is it all right, Brenda? It's getting better. I've been losing weight. I, I had gastric sleeve surgery, dropped oh. 150 pounds, and I'm good uh, for you. Just good trying for to you. trying to trying to get healthy. All right. Well, so. good. Uh, that's a that's a, an interesting story. Being in the hospital, watching the towers come down. Where were you when the towers fell? 404-872-0750-1800 WSB Talk on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Aram. News, weather, and traffic next on WSB. This is Matt Ryan of the Atlanta Falcons, and you're listening to The Mark Aram Show. No, I want this town to be near you. 
7 after 8, Mark Aram here, you there, there, you know the drill. We're with you till 9. It's September 11th, 2018, 17 years after the fateful morning. The gang is all here tonight. Deb Green, new Buford, producing the show. Old Buford in studio. Longori on the other side of the takeout window. Low T Chuck screens your calls. Low Next half hour, we got a double dip with Johnny Kilbasa. Oh, that reminds me. I got breaking news in fast food to tell Johnny. And... Okay, uh, sorry, I had to write down that note. Um, he's coming up with a fast food review and a football minute at 835, so stick around for that. Uh, your reaction, uh, actually your stories. I want to hear your stories. Where were you when the towers fell 17 years ago today? 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. We got a lot of calls, so try to keep your stories as brief as possible, please, so we can get everybody on. Earl's in McDonough. Earl, welcome to the Mark Aram Show. Hey, what's up, Mark? What's going on, Earl? Where were you, brother? Yeah. Oh, Wow so long ago, but it seems like it was just yesterday, but I was, uh, I worked at Crown RV in Conyers, Georgia, and still do today, but I was uh, setting up an RV show at Atlanta Expo South uh, off Jonesboro Road, and uh, we're setting up the show, and then all of a sudden, I had the TV on just because we're bored, (laughs) and uh, just happened to look and saw the Twin Towers were hit by a plane, and we could, like you said, nobody knew how big the plane was, but I was shocked. I said, this can't be happening. My mouth was dropped. And and then it wasn't but, you know, an hour or so later than the other uh, building got hit. And I couldn't do my work all day long. I did they did they cancel the RV show? No, they didn't. Oh, wow. No, no. Everybody's in the show just, just in shock, you know. Yeah. Let me ask you a serious question, Earl. I want If I want the top of the top of the top of the line RV, what's the most expensive model you got on uh, on the lot right now? Oh, well, you picked the wrong place for that. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, we What's the cheapest RV? Room. Let's say Buford wants to move out of his van into an RV. What's the cheapest thing you got? Open range uh, fifth-wheel travel trailer or Jayco, uh, Eagle, um, very well-built uh, campers. And, uh, of course, you have to have a you know pretty nice uh, pickup truck to tow it. But... Uh, <clears throat> We used to carry some of the motorhomes. Uh, so what? So what's Buford looking at? If I, if Buford wants to buy a something, uh, probably about fifty thousand. What? Oh, that's nothing. <laughs> this is Buford we're talking about. <laughs> the cheapest thing on the lot. You what got you... any pop ups? Oh yeah. There we you go. Some. Yeah, I know all about pop ups. <laughs> all right, we'll get Buford to pop up. Earl, thanks for the call, brother. Uh, four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty. Billy's in Duluth. Duluth. Duluth is on fire. Billy, welcome to the show. Hey, it's Benny. Benny, I'm sorry. Chuck spells Benny B-I-L-L-Y. My apologies. Yeah, well, you know, my <laughs> enunciation sometimes is not what it should be. That's all right. Billy, where were you 17 years ago today? <laughs> it's Benny. But, uh, oh, Benny, time, I'm sorry. I was, <laughs> at the time, I was a member of the 283rd Combat Communications Squadron out of uh, Marietta over at Dobbins. Oh, wow. Yeah, we were actually in Egypt uh, on that day. We were uh, setting up for a an exercise that we do every two years, or did every two years, over there called Bright Star, mm-hmm. um, and we didn't know what was going on. We uh, what's the time difference we, there? That's like a ten hours ahead, eleven hours ahead. 
eight to ten, eight? I think. Okay. Somewhere so, in there. So it was afternoonish, eveningish when you guys yeah. when it started happening. Yeah, me and uh, three of my buddies were in a this piece of junk van. Yeah. Uh, going across what is called Cairo West Air Base. Okay. Uh, which is an Egyptian air base that doesn't see any activity. Yeah. Between the time we do this exercise and the two years later when we come back. Did you guys but, go to like DEFCON 1 as soon as we realized it was terrorism? It was, I'll try to keep it short, but it was very interesting the way this played out. We, uh, we were in the initial phases of building up uh, what we call Tent City and getting all the comms infrastructure put together, which is what my squadron did. And uh, we, uh, like I say, we were in the midst of that. So we were still split up. Half of our guys were in downtown Cairo at the uh, at a hotel there mm-hmm. because the tents were all set up. We weren't ready to fully sure. man the operation out there. So half of them were there. Half of us were out at the air base. Me and three of my buddies were coming across back toward the uh, what's called the case fan area or where we had you know our uh, headquarters type thing set up. And we get a call on a secure cell phone from our commander who's in that area. And he says, basically, get your back here, yeah. park that vehicle, and get inside this compound now. Well, we figured we had screwed up. We figured we'd driven oh, across wow. some kind of holy dirt out there somewhere, and and we were in some trouble. I got to think, about, being in the Middle sorry. East is probably the last place I would have wanted to been when, when all that went down. Yeah, it, it was rather difficult. Uh, as we found out more and more about it. But the uh, about the time my buddy Dave Nix is talking to our commander, uh, SP uh, pulls up in a Humvee and basically tells us the same thing, get your asses back to that case fan area. So now we know we're sunk. Yeah. But, you know, we get back and then we find out, oh, my God, we're not in trouble. We're we, under attack. We've got trouble. Yeah. And... You know, it was three days before we could secure uh, a route to get our people from that hotel yeah. out to the airbase where you, we were. You mentioned uh, Dobbins. I remember the, the, the days after. The only – it was eerie. I mean, we, we don't recognize and realize how many planes we see every day being in Atlanta. But uh, the only planes after that in the metro Atlanta area were the, were the fighters and the big cargo transports coming in and out of Dobbins. Nothing down at Hartsfield really – the, the WSB chopper was grounded. Like, we, Captain Herb wasn't flying. It was crazy. And the rules changed for then. Like, when back in 2000, up until September 11th, we could basically do whatever we want with that chopper. We landed in Chick-fil-A parking lots. We would, I mean, <laughs> we'd, we'd buzz Braves games. We would do anything. Like, we'd stop at Dairy Queen on Fulton Industrial Boulevard and get a blizzard. I mean, <laughs> it was, I mean, it was Captain Herb. So, like, yeah. he, everyone loved yeah, him and it was fine. No. Yeah, it was, it was fine. And, I mean, it's pretty cool when a helicopter lands at a Dairy Queen, you know, and makes me run out and get him a, a Oreo blizzard. But after <laughs> that, like, there are still flight restrictions now. You can't fly over certain venues like the SunTrust Park during, you know, two hours before a game or something like that. There's, it's, the impact is still, still wide ranging. And I think, and I'm pretty sure about this, I, I, I had my Facebook memories popped up today and I was checking them out and they're all basically 9-11 related. But I believe, you know, the ticker on the bottom of the television screen, it was born 17 years ago today. Like that's, that's when we started seeing the scroll on the bottom of the, the television with all the extra news. That, 
September 11th started that because there was so much information. They were like, throw the throw, just throw the the thing up on the bottom of the screen. And I'm pretty sure that was the first time that we saw that that news ticker. Mark joins us in Atlanta. Mark, welcome to the program, sir. Hey, how are you? Excellent. What's going on, buddy? Hey, I'm I'm doing great. I love the show. I Thank love you, you guys. Buddy. Thank you. Hey. On September 11th, I was actually in the air flying Chicago to Las Vegas. No way. Yes. So how was, was that uh, handled in mid-flight? What, what Did you know what was going on? We had no idea. We were probably over Iowa. It wasn't long after we departed, and we started descending. And the captain came on the intercom, and he said, you may have noticed we're descending a lot earlier than normal. We've been ordered by National Command Authority to divert to Denver. That's all the information we have right now, and we'll brief you when we get on the ground. That's a buzzkill. I mean, nothing, nothing. No offense to Denver; it's a fine city. But if you're prompt up to go to Vegas, and they're like, "No, no, we're going to Denver instead," <laughs> it's like, "Oh, really?" Yeah. And uh, he gets on about two minutes later. Uh, we were flying the now debunked National Airlines. He goes, uh, "Some of you may have figured out that National Airlines doesn't fly into Denver, and we have no gates there. So we'll find out what we're going to do once we get on the ground." <laughs> wow. Uh, I got on the ground. Uh, as soon as we hit the ground, I flipped on my cell phone, uh, a good old Motorola flip phone at the time, called my wife. She was panicked, obviously, because we were, uh, uh, you know, a targeted airplane. We could have been a, one of the sure. airplanes that they would have used. Yeah. Uh, I told her I was safe. I asked her what happened. She, At that point, by the time we landed, both planes had hit the Twin Towers. Mm-hmm. The first tower had fallen, the Pentagon had been hit, and a plane had crashed. Let, let me ask you this question, Mark. So you, yeah. you land in Denver. How long are you stranded in Denver before you get back home? Well, that that's the part of the the great part of the story is, um, you know, my wife kind of gave me the update. I said, I'll, I'll call you back later. I'm safe. I need to go. I had the sense of mind to know that I needed to get away to get home. I was sure. traveling with a producer friend of mine. And uh, I hung up with my wife. I called Hertz, and I said, I need a car. I'm in Denver. There's no cars in Denver. Can you get to Colorado Springs? Yes, I can. We got a shuttle to Colorado Springs. As we pulled up to Colorado Springs Airport, two Humvees blocking the airport with, you know, machine guns out and everything. They knew my name. Hertz had given them my name. Uh, They said, are you Mr. Herring? I said, yes. They backed up the Humvee. I went to the terminal. There was one rental car place left open. It was Hertz. God bless Hertz. This is a big plug for them. Yeah, um, no doubt. I got my car, and that was the very first time, probably by 6 p.m. that evening, it's the very first time I saw the first video of anything that happened wow. that day. Wow. And we drove, this producer and mine, we drove overnight back to Chicago from Denver, and I get emotional every time I tell the second part of the story, because I grew up in Chicago. I've been living in Atlanta for 13 years now, but I grew up just outside of O'Hare Airport, and there's not a day in my life that I can't remember seeing airplanes and contrails in the sky. Sure, exactly. Like living here, you just—it's—it's it's a way yeah. of life. Yeah. I I lived right on the flight path of 22, right? You know, at O'Hare Airport, I'd see the planes come over my backyard all the time. I was driving into Chicago the morning of September 12th, one of the most beautiful days, completely clear sky. Not a contrail or plane in the sky. It was surreal. Mark, amazing story. Thank you for sharing, my friend. Your 9-11 story. Where were you when the towers fell? 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. On Twitter and Instagram, at Mark Aram. This is The Mark Aram Show.
Welcome back to the show as we continue to remember 9-11. Where were you when the towers fell? Russ joins us in Gainesville. Russ, come here a minute. I want to talk to you. How you doing, brother? What's going on? Hey, I'm good. Thanks. Where were you um, uh, 17 years ago? You, well, I was going to tell you like a couple of weeks later, uh, my wife flew to Canada. So I dropped her off in the airport in Atlanta. Then when I got back in the car, she had forgotten something. I don't know. A credit card was in the seat or something. So I go back in the airport, and I found her in line, and I said, hey, I need to talk to my wife. And they said, who's your wife? And I said, that girl over there in the black dress waving at me. He said, you can't go over there. The girl fleeing the country, trying to get away from me, that (laughs) one. I said, listen, that's my wife, and I'm going to give her this credit card. He said, no, you're not. And I said, let me talk to your boss. And they, they came over there to me and everything. And I'll tell you something, they would not let me go to her, and they would not let her come to me. Yeah. And that was it. They made me leave. I don't doubt it. You remember back before pre-9-11, you could go to the gate to meet to your uh, you know, your incoming flight. It was, it was crazy. It's crazy how much stuff is different there. The security at, at airports was you know, non-existent. They let box cutters on. Box cutters. That's a knife. Crazy. We used to be able to take knives on. Chuck, I'm yeah, sure you had a big old buck was, knife. As yeah. long as it was under, the blade was under six inches, Yeah, you were fine. Your blade is well under six inches. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave that one. Unfortunately. Are you talking about Buford? That was Buford? a good one, though. No, on his, uh, his, good on his buck knife. Mm. His buck, is that even a thing, a buck wow, knife? Wow, I'm glad you said buck knife. I thought you said something else. <laughs> buck knife. Is that, a, is that a real thing? Yes. Buck knife? Yeah. All right. Russ, love you, brother. Thanks. All right. There you go. Uh, Dottie's in Buford. Dottie, welcome to the show. Hey. Hey, Dottie. I'm a huge fan. Thank you. Likewise. So in 2001, I was in the eighth grade. No, I'm sorry. I was in the third grade. I was eight years old. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah. And I just remember everything being normal in the morning. And then all of a sudden, um, my teacher comes around the corner and turns the TV on. And we watch the news for maybe 10 minutes. And then... I remember my mom was a paracro at the time um, in the same school with me. So let me let me ask you a question, Dottie. We got to run at eight years old. Your memories are still vivid. You knew what was going on, right? You knew we were under attack. Yeah, it was the first time I actually experienced fear. I feel like Um, that's probably about the cutoff right there. I think eight years old and over, you knew what was going on. I would imagine. Well, I don't know, kids, six maybe. Would your daughter no longer if 9 11 happened? I don't now? think so. No. no. I don't, I don't, I don't and your really daughter's know. 17 now? <laughs> She's five. <laughs> five. All right. So six and over, probably fully grasped what was going on. More of your calls. Where were you 17 years ago today? Johnny Kilbasa will join us with a faster review and a football minute. 404 872 0750. It's the Mark Aram Show. Hey, this is Anderson Cooper, and you're listening to the Mark Aram Show. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, 837, 23 in front of nine, talking about the 17th anniversary of that tragic day, September 11, 2001. Where were you? When the towers fell, Johnny Kibasa will join us in just a couple of seconds. Let's get uh, some more calls in. Ginger's incoming. Ginger, welcome to the Mark Aram Show. How are you? 
Hey, doing good, Mark. I enjoy your show. I watch, you. uh, listen to it with my 15-year-old son a lot. Oh, fantastic. And enjoy your show. We're a cross-generational um, program is what we are. That is correct. Yes. Um, on 9-11, I was at home. I homeschooled. Um, I had two sons, seven and four at the time, and I was homeschooling them, and they were boys, so I was corralling them into the, the my schoolroom and um, got them sat down and the phone rang, and it was my husband, and I had already yelled at my kids to get him in there and sit on them down and get started, and my husband is a landscaper, and he um, called, and he said, hey, could you go turn the TV on, and I was like yelling at him, you know, what do you want me to turn the TV on? I'm homeschooling, and um, he said, well, they said that, that there's this plane that went into the, one of the buildings in New York, and he said, I just want to see what that looks like. I want you to tell me what that looks like. You know, is it a biplane or what is it? And about the time that I turned on the television, you know, and I was already in, you know, gosh, I'm running late, I'm running late mode. I um, turned on the TV to see the second plane fly into the building. And my husband kept saying there was only one plane. And I said, you know, gosh, there's two. You know, and and then it just, you know, that was it. That was it right there. And, um, now, my seven-year-old, I let him watch as much as he wanted to watch of it um, and explained it to him. And my four-year-old, I explained it to him, but he didn't quite get it. And, but we, um, you know, he, I let him play outside and we... So let me, let um, me ask you a question. So you have watched. a 15-year-old now. Uh... Okay, so what happened with that is I had these two boys. So I got pregnant after 9-11 mm-hmm. and I have to have C-sections and... My doctor gave me my, my first date for my C-section could be on 9-11. Wow. The following year. So, but did your son, I mean, obviously your son at 15 now, does he does he recognize what a, what a major situation that was before he was born? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, now, you know, now that he's, you know, he, he knows he was born a year after that. Yeah. That, that boggles now, my, my oldest, mind. Okay, that, I mean, now, now, my seven-year-old and my four-year-old, my seven-year-old, Ended up becoming a U.S. Marine. Oh, that's and awesome. Served in the infantry, um, and then he's now at um, the University of Alabama. But nine um, eleven—that was one of the reasons that he he he, he, he decided. Yeah, I had so after nine eleven, um, the the morning of nine eleven when it happened, I was emailing everyone because you couldn't get any phone calls in New York City. So I was emailing. Um, family members, friends of mine, ex-girlfriends. Are you okay? What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. Because you could not make a phone call in and out of New York City. It was, I mean, they were cut off. And email was the only way to uh, to to converse. And a buddy of mine, so after 9-11, New York City uh, Police Department was like, we're hiring, come. So my buddy, the last guy, Nicky Bones, the last guy you would think would ever be a New York City cop, Signed up to be a cop after September 11th, and now he's a detective. If they only knew what he was doing in college. <laughs> uh, it boggles my mind that he is a detective now. Nikki Bones, what are you doing? Uh, Brian's at Ackworth. Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, good evening, boys. Hope all's well. What's up, buddy? So I'm a senior at Parkview High School. Okay. And I'm taking a, a class second period that starts at 8.15 called Contemporary Issues. So obviously discussing, well... Contemporary issues. Yes. So again, it starts at eight fifteen, and the uh, the routine for this teacher was to first thing first thing in class was to open the newspaper and go over anything that he found that was worth talking about that day. And as he did that this morning, remember the class starts at eight fifteen, 
he's uh, he's kind of going through the newspaper, and he um, and he kind of disgustedly slams down the newspaper and says three words I'll never forget: slow news day. Exactly. That's exactly. We were complaining in the newsroom, like literally the top local story on Atlanta's morning news is Scott Slade, which is a hard hitting news program. Was Michael Jordan mulling coming out of retirement? Like mm. th- that was the top story. That that's wow. how, yeah. Now we don't say that anymore. We, you know we yep. don't. You don't want to jinx it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely not. And then you know you go. Then I go to my third period, which starts at nine fifteen, and all of a sudden you know we we understand what's happening. But yeah. I'll, man, I'll never I'll never forget that. I don't know if this guy would ever remember that, but man, it I, I'll never forget that. Yeah, I I'll never forget yeah. anything about that day. That day is is etched in my memory forever. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty one eight hundred WSB Talk. <laughs> Joining us uh, for the premiere edition of Football Monday on a Tuesday, the Football Minute with Johnny Kilbasa as he recaps the uh, week that was in the world of pigskin. Uh, we had to we had to bump uh, the Football Minute from Mondays. It's usually going to be heard on Mondays, but uh, Johnny and I celebrated Rosh Hashanah last night, the uh, Jewish New Year. Johnny, it was great Mazel to see tov. you, man. Mazel tov to you, my friend. Honorary Jew, Johnny Kilbasa. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. You ready to do the uh, premiere edition? Mark, give me some of that 10-yard fight. Year three for the football minute. Week one for the football minute. Replace your whole fantasy team on the waiver wire now. You're a Magic City Birds of Prey. Flogged in the rain, one jump away from a win. Deja vu for Julio, too. Don't worry, Matty. I will warm up when they play inside. Your Athens County Blue Dogs. Freaking see the Kakalaki Gamecocks 2 0 with a Blue Frosted Cupcake next week. A whole new force awaits. So keep chopping that wood. Your Midtown Rambling Wreckers rushed to Tampa and back, but they got bullied in the fourth quarter and lost. Your Piedmont Avenue Panthers are growing up right before our eyes. They lost to the Wolf Pack, but they're looking to go Dale Murphy on the Sunbelt Conference very soon. Your Atlanta United FC are holding strong with 54 points and a clinched playoff spot. Their eight match on unbeaten streak came to an end last week. And of course, they're on international break this week. Yeah, I just gave a soccer score. Cleveland and Pittsburgh kissed their sisters in a wet sloppy overtime. Slap fight of attrition. You can't have a tie without overtime, and you can't have an overtime without a tie. But you can overtie a tie anytime, especially in the traffic center. Mark Aram's New York football Giants scored 15 points and lost, while the New York football Jets scored 48 points and won. What? Roll damn times number one yet again. Come on, SEC can't someone knock them off already? The Ohio State Buckeyes scored 120 points. Games that's 21 more than Alabama. Good job, Johnny K. Football minute. Let's roll right into the uh, fast food review. And now, catch your breath, brother. Catch your breath. Show. It's time for the fast food review. Join us live on the greasy, salty hotline from parts unknown, height unknown, weight. Ooh, we do not want to know. Johnny Kilbasa and the ever so popular fast food review. How you doing, Jonathan? I'm doing great, Mark. Aaron, my ankles are taped. I'm wrapped in bacon. I'm here for the take, and I'm covered with cheese, and I aim to please. All right, so quick couple of – I need the breaking news sounder, Longoria, the Mark Aram Show breaking news sounder. I've got some breaking news in the fast food world, my friends. Where is Two Hector? separate breaking news stories. The uh, iconic McDonald's in Buckhead, right across from the uh, Pete Shopping Center with Publix and Barnes & Noble, demolished. Demolished. Johnny? Yeah, we were sit, sitting shiva over yeah. there last night for a little while. Now, it's the good news is they're rebuilding it. But um, that was like, for the Buckhead elite, that's the only McDonald's and only fast food, really, in, in driving distance is the McDonald's there on, on Petria. The uh, 24 hours it would be open on the weekends. I mean, 
I threw down a lot of drunken filet of fish with Johnny Kilbasa at that location uh, back in uh, the late 90s, my friends. So that yeah, thing's gone. Yeah, I do gone. believe that that was... I think that was the most expensive quarter pounder in the city at one point. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the second breaking news in the fast food world. Where is Hector? So the biggest subway in Metro Atlanta is the subway and the Kroger Shopping Center in Howell Mill. If that thing's, it was like the Taj Mahal. It was like 6,000 square feet. You know, subways, Deb, are like your size. This one was Buford size. That's the, the, the spare. So I, I drove by there yesterday. They cut it in half at least, and they've made a new spot. So the 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 formerly the biggest subway in North America is now a normal size subway. They like, which makes sense because you'd go in there. No one eats at a subway really, right? You get it to go. Not anymore. You see one or two people, people in there eating their sub. Usually, it's you get in, and you get out. So they had like they had like, you know, it was like gallery seating. They had three hundred seats in this place. <laughs> So they finally uh, decided, all right, let's cut this back, and uh, so now it's, now it's a normal size subway. So there you go, two breaking fast food news. All right, real quick, Johnny, we got about a minute. What do you got on the? Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, what do you got on the menu tonight? We had to, we had to hey, double dip, hey, you, buddy. You've taken care of it all. All right, uh, we're about quadruple dipping right now. Mark, I don't usually talk about dessert, but I got to talk about this dessert from Sonic Drive-In. It's Ooh. new, a double stuffed Oreo waffle cone. That's right, double stuffed Oreo. Waffle cone. They take the Oreo wafer and they make it into a waffle cone. They fill it with ice cream, vanilla ice cream, and then they also put the sweet cream filling from a double stuffed Oreo into the waffle cone with the ice cream, and then they take chunks of actual Oreos and they chunk it on top of it. Double stuffed Oreo waffle cone. I I love it. That sounds fantastic. We need it. You know what? They should put a Sonic next to that subway now. There's enough space left over to do that by the way i'm a big fan buford of the 49 cent ice cream soft serve at uh qt it's great oh my goodness yeah johnny this thing is 49 cents it's as big as buford's head for 49 cents vanilla soft serve it's delicious you give them two quarters they'll give you the biggest ice cream in town and a penny back there you go johnny k we appreciate you as always and if the cholesterol is high, baby, so am I. Follow me on Twitter and listen to 30 podcasts in 30 days with the sauce and chat on JohnnyKilbasa.com. All things Kilbasa on JohnnyKilbasa.com. Say goodbye to Buford. See you later, Buford. <laughs> later, buddy. <laughs> Appreciate you, bruh. It's that, bruh. All right. We'll come back uh, rapid fire with your 9-11 memories. When we come back, it's the Mark Aram Show. We have run out of time. I apologize. Ten seconds or less, where were you on 9-11? Matt's in Lilburn. Matt, where were you, my friend? I was a senior in uh, high school. Uh, not high school. I'm sorry, college at UGA. And uh, I... I remember I, I went to Athens the, the following week. That that was a crazy scene up there as well. Joey's in Gainesville. Joey, where were you, brother? I was in fifth grade. I was sitting in class, and they wheeled that big television in on the cart. And had us watch the news. They had, they wow. I don't know. Is that would that is that appropriate to do? Bring the TV in for the fifth graders to watch America under attack. I mean, I don't know. I'm not an educator, but ten. Yeah. I still, mean, I don't know. Trish is in Dawsonville. Trish, where were you uh, 17 years ago? I was. Oh, sorry, Trish, lost you. Taylor's in Bethlehem. T Bone, where were you 17 years ago? I was a junior. 
junior in high school, and I watched every bit of it on TV and through the entire day. Yeah, that I can imagine. I, I could see that bringing in for high schoolers, but uh, uh, fifth grader? I don't know. Michael's in Norcross. Michael, where were you 17 years ago today? Uh, 17 years ago, I had cancer. I was uh, watching it from the beginning, watched it all day. Uh, had, had my chemotherapy treatment pushed back a week because I was supposed to go in that what, day. What kind of cancer do you have? Uh, mid-grade lymphoma, last five vertebra, all the Ooh. way over to the hip. You're okay now? <laughs> almost went, Are you in remission? Yeah, almost went into the bone. I'm very blessed for having every day that I live. Glad you're still with us, Mike. Love you, buddy. Thank you. Bye. All right. He didn't say he loves me back. Jim's up next in the Mark Aram Show. Jim, where were you September 11th? I was 32 years old, watching it live happen from before they even knew why I hit the World Trade Center or after it happened to knowing the buildings were going wait, to fall. How, how old were you, Jim? I was 32. Oh, all right. Big, I thought you said 13. I'm like, you sound a little old. Yeah, what the biggest deal was, you know, it's like it's uh, 22 years of, uh, after World War II I was born, and now yeah. it's been 17 years since it happened. I'm like, you that know. Is, yeah, that is crazy how quick time flies. All right, we got to get out of here. got to get out of here. We do have a prize pack, though, Deb. What's the prize tonight? A pair of tickets to see Trans-Siberian Orchestra at the Ghost of Christmas Eve, the Ooh. best of TSO, Infinite Energy Arena, December 8th. I'm Jewish, and that's a really good show. So let's do the seventh caller to 404-741-0750 wins those amazing tickets. Uh, the Ghost of Christmas Eve, is that what it is? Yeah, The Ghost of Christmas Eve. Seventh caller, 404-741-0750. Let's do Star of the Show. Are you guys ready for the Mark Aram Star of the Show? I'm not sure we've awarded a Star of the Show to this person yet this year. You have. You have you, you've awarded one to me before. Buford's mom. Oh. I knew show. that was coming. <laughs> Come on, man. Buford's mom. Congratulations, yes. Mrs. Way to go, Buford. mom. You are Star of the Show. Uh, big show tomorrow. We got little Sanjay. We got more prizes to give away. We'll have a game. We'll, have, we'll play a game. Of some sort? Yes. Okay. Uh, we'll continue the conversation on Twitter and Instagram, at Mark Aram, Facebook, Mark Aram WSB. In the meantime, go to sleep, little baby. Guests of the Mark Aram Show stay at the all-sweet Omni Hotel, located in the heart of Chicago's Magnificent Mile. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.